Hello, my name is Ben, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Water. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our life. The title of this message is You're In For A Surprise, and this is episode two of two. So we left off by chatting about asking yourself if you would rush to a God of love when you are so full of self-hatred for yourself and maybe even for others. 1 John 4, 8, right? Nope, the obvious solution is not so obvious. And yet we know that there is no difference between us and others when it comes to our position and behavior in life. Let's Romanize this. Romans 3, 9 through 18 states, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Sound like anybody you know? Let me help you. It's everybody you know. That is until God gets a hold of them. Look, it may not be as clean as it was for the rich and poor man. You may actually see the day, the day in which the Bible has been talking about coming for generations. You see how man mocked the people of God saying that he will never come. Or they asked mockingly, where is this God you say exists? Oh, where is he? Look at Isaiah 14, 12-15, and see how great his fall was. And you think the fall is a shorter journey for yourself? Let's go to another Isaiah revelation. Isaiah 24, 17-23. Fear and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitants of the earth. And it shall be that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall in the pit, and he who comes up from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth is violently broken. The earth is split open. The earth is shaken exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall totter like a hut. Its transgression shall be heavy upon it, and it will fall and not rise again. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will punish on high the host of exalted ones, and on the earth the kings of the earth. They will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and will be shut up in the prison. After many days they will be punished. Then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his elders gloriously. Look, we all know it's coming. That is the end of what we did in the garden. We can see it with our own eyes. In these days which may very well be upon us now, in these days which may very well be upon us now, we will be deceived into believing this world will somehow get better and better. All the while, evil will be increasing and increasing in the background. Just so you are aware, you can be deceived by well-meaning people who look just like you. We only need to go back in history, so you see, we agreed in slavery. Yes, we did. We believed as humans that it was okay to enslave another human and use them to our advantage for our personal gain. Yep, good, well-meaning people convinced others who thought that they had their wits about them and could stand in good judgment of all the evil things that could befall another human, and were convinced that this evil thing was good as long as you treated them well, or fed them, or gave them housing, etc. Whatever lie you were told, you believed it because in truth you wanted to believe it. Now before you throw me off the boat, listen to this. 
Satan was buying the whole thing, which, by the way, doesn't excuse us from doing it. No more than being a sinner from birth excuses us from the penalty of sin. Now, Satan could convince humanity to commit that mess and atrocity, start wars, commit rape, incest, and abortion. He can also convince you that things will get better, even though from a slave's perspective, they are nothing near better but only getting worse. Now, the other position to take is unfortunately the one the rich man took, which is that he did not want to part with his stuff, his comfortable and temporary lifestyle. He did not believe in the option that the world really sucked and that it isn't fair in the least or the most. Now, you cannot blame a rich person for not wanting to believe one of today's other more popular gospels because they think if they believe in the original, they will have to make a wealth transfer into that church. And don't get me started on how a Christian can sit in the house of God and not weep at the fact a pastor has to even mention tithing and offering so that the house can do the things of God. Nope, I cannot hear another lame excuse against greed being manipulated and instigated by the poverty spirit. But enough of that. I think that was a rant. You know, it's crazy that if we are in a war or conflict and the government asks for Americans to do whatever it takes to win the war, because if we don't, we may lose. Oh, how amazing Americans can at sometimes act like a godly people and pull together at great personal costs. As Christians, we fight in a war that has way more devastating effects as all wars stem from this war. And yet we have only 10% of the attendees giving to the war effort. And these same people ask why the world is in shambles. When did it ever become posh for a church, the church, his bride, to struggle so much to get its purpose done? How is this kingdom thinking at all? Everyone knows you cannot win a war without resources. Everyone. Okay, so back to the message. In finishing, I want you to see this developing story in 1 Corinthians 15, 12-19. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, then we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, We are of all men the most pitiable. So I'm either wrong, the Christian wholly committed to the cause of love, and the other authentically born-again Christians are also wrong in their choice to believe in the Bible, the whole Bible, even the table of contents, and in doing so, we are thus pitiable, or we are right. But in the story of truth, we see Jesus knowing the difficulty of believing in him in these last days. But so he reaches out and shares this difficult conversation between the rich man and Abraham, who was speaking on behalf of the poor man because, as we know, we no longer have to defend our belief once we get there. So but now, if we don't believe the story at all, why then would the author include the reaction of the rich man? And why would the rich man care about his family after dying? How bad was the situation that he was in that he would expend any effort to try and convince Abraham to let him return to earth so he can try and convince his own family? that that place really exists. Now here's a response from the father of faith, Abraham, who stated in Luke, Luke 16, 29 through 31. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So did Abraham have any insight into why humanity would not be moved to believe in God, 
even if a dead man came back from hell and warned his own kin. I have stated this in other messages, but miracle signs and wonders, though I believe in them wholeheartedly, do not win people over to the Lord. They can plant a seed and push someone over who has already been on the seeking side of life. But what moves a person to the Lord is when they know that they know he is alive and active in their day in and day out lives, an active participant. So Abraham knew that it didn't matter if we saw a dead man get up. We would come up with some random excuse as to why it happened, even denying it ever happened, just to avoid thinking that it is the work of God. And what of heaven and hell, and how does this miracle prove those places exist? Might some add to their lame excuses? Well, yes, because the dead are raised today, and many walk away without a bit of interest as to the chosen destiny of their own soul. And so it is another sinner lost to the separating chasm. And for what? To continue to embrace the pain and suffering that this world has inflicted? on them, hoping that one day someone will actually mean and do what they say. I wish me dead to think that I would only have faith in humanity, absent from the God I know today. If you think you might be the only person who struggles to grasp all of what Jesus' life meant to the whole of everything that and will exist, join the ranks of a few of his own family members. John 7, 5, for even his brothers did not believe in him. It wasn't until after Jesus died and resurrected that his brother John believed. Does this not tell you it's a battle to submit and still your heart, mind, body, and soul long enough to see the truth? Dead, living, dying, and living again. No different than a snake that swallows another snake and then turns back into a stick. It's my version of slapstick, but really it's just a stick in the eye of today's audience. The battle for souls rages incessantly. No, but so there's still hope and a reason that you must become altogether a different person than the one you are right now. Clearly we have scales on our eyes and acorns in our ear to numify the activity of God as if it really didn't exist. If you are breathing, then you are on the right side of the clock. If you turn your TV to any news station today, you will see the signs of the time, compared to what the Bible said 2,000 years ago, and be utterly confounded. Some people say right here, it's yeah, it's been 2,000 years, it's never going to happen. Nope, God's just waiting a long, long time just for you. When Jesus was walking on this planet, he actually wished that it was burned right then and there. But to wait so long just for you tells you of the heart of God. Now, I know that every war and threat of war sends people into religious end-of-times hysteria. But in truth, one of those groups is going to be right. The planet and humanity can only take so much of us, the devil, and sin. All things are being touched by evil, with the goal, by the devil ushering in his time where the world tries to destroy itself. Look at a portion of what's coming. Matthew thirteen nineteen through 20 For in those days there will be tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Don't think it's possible? We can destroy the entire planet over 50 times. And humans have exhibited the behavior in all of history that we would allow such events to take place. We don't even have supply and demand desperation on a global scale yet, and we go to wars. We think so little of wars that when we had a president who in a very long line of presidents did not start a war, it wasn't seen as the accomplishment that it was. We may as well have said so when the accomplishment was aired. All the costs of war, human lives, money, destruction, the ruination of resources, land, homes, cities, towns, industries. How could we be so cold for it now? Because we have to be cold for war so that the big end comes. The end will come through a succession of wars, no doubt. Is this not the case already? So back to hope. 
This is a window you climb through, the door you walk through, the passing from sin to sinless, imperfection to perfection, from dark to light, from unrighteous to righteousness, from unholy to holy, from impure to pure, from a goat to a sheep, from a chaff to wheat, from the child of Satan to the child of God, from his seed to her seed, from hell to heaven, and no longer eternally separated from God, but found in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Galatians 3.26 For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.28 There is neither Jew or Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Oh, how long humanity has longed to be an equal species, and Jesus is the only one who has actually done it. You see, in Christ, it is acceptable, normal, even to declare that to be different and the same at the same time, well, it is Christ. It is the future for all of eternity. Well, that's it for today and for this two-episode series, although I can hardly call it a series. I hope that you have learned something about God that you did not know prior to hearing it. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.